Before today's episode, we want to talk to you about the Vigit app. That is the first social network for sports fans. Vigit is a place where you can share and make your picks on the app without risking real money. Vigit also includes scores and stats all in one central location, and you can download the Vigit app today on Apple and Android platforms. Use code ITSJUSTMONEY for 1,000 free coins when you first sign up. Again, the code is It's Just Money. Download the Vigit app today. Let's get on there. Let's utilize their free-to-play sports book, their betting leagues that include fantasy sports betting. You can see our pick. We can track your picks. It's a great app. Download Vigit today. It is our favorite app to use. You must be 18 or older. Now let's do it. I never ask my clients to judge me on my winners. I ask them to judge me on my losers because I have so few. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. And that's all there is to it. Just another fat fuck walking out of the casino with a suitcase. All right, we're back. Must be Tuesday. That means it's time for the It's Just Money podcast presented by Vigit. Again, download the Vigit app. Use code It's Just Money for a thousand free coins. We love that app. We love Vigit. Download it today. Let's recap our weekends. I think they went pretty well. A lot of unexpected things in college football conference championship week. Uh, how did we do? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Um, three, three, and one. So I ended up with um, just get my money back on the Iowa State game. Had him at six. Got a good push out of that. Um, Friday, I think I got fooled by a couple lines where the line was maybe in a spot where Vegas is trying to make a move, and I fell for it. Uh, I'll admit it. Uh, can't be too happy with it, but I'm not too upset with it. Conference championship week's always something else, you know, especially with um, that Buffalo game being at the line it was, how Buffalo had been playing without, um, you know, playing Ball State throughout the year. But I think I got fooled by that line, but I'm not too upset with it. You know, conference championship's always a fun week, and I'm ready for bowl season. Conference championship was, I don't know if fun's the right word, uh, two and four on the weekend. Friday really kicked my ass. I think it kicked all of our asses, to be honest, with UAB beating Marshall, Ball State upsetting Buffalo. I even had USC um, winning in a parlay. So I don't think I won a single bet on Friday. Kind of got it back Saturday. A couple of underdogs. My boys at San Jose State won for me. Tulsa the snakes as will scott would say uh they covered for us um with bama not covering for me and then uh, i watched my team in dallas the iowa state cyclones lose wasn't a bet but just another loss that i had to take on the weekend so too bad bowl season we're so back we are so back always uh i went 0-2 on friday it was kind of that rough day where i took usc and i had buffalo both of those teams did not play well. Uh, they kind of crapped the bed. And then Saturday, I had a massive bounce back day, went 4-0. Uh, had the Ohio State Northwestern under, Ohio, Iowa State plus 6.5. That barely won, but it still counts. Uh, I had Arizona State late in the night. That was a blowout. Uh, what a, also a boring game to watch, terrible game to watch. Uh, and then I had Clemson by 10. That panned out easily. That went exactly how JP and I thought it would, not for Schaefer. Uh, but it was a good week, and we were so back. Bowl season, really weird bowl season. Uh, what is your guys' takes on the bowls and how they are working out? You know, I always look forward to bowl season. I never have any complaints. It's one of my favorite times of year. Um, it's definitely up there with March and the whole March Madness NCAA tournament going around. But I, I look at bowl season in a different way because – Unlike March Madness, bowl season can get you two very different type of teams. You can get one with a lot of confidence. You can get one that's hot. 
uh, one that's really got something to prove. And then you can get a team who maybe lacked in the last half of the season and hasn't found their footing in a couple of weeks. And they're trying to play in a bowl game against a team that necessarily isn't as good, or maybe they're better, but they're not playing well. So it's always tough. I never think it's an easy thing to do, but it's one of my favorites just because, you know, college football is so special in the way that they set things up. So I know bowls have gotten kind of less important as the playoff has gotten bigger and bigger, especially this year where teams are opting out. Um, everybody's eligible, that kind of thing. I mean, you watched four win teams playing bowl games throughout the week already. Um, I'm happy for it. I'm ready for it. I think this will be a fun year, especially with a lot of teams thinking they have some to prove, not just a couple, a lot of teams. Uh, I think bowl season is really my favorite season. Uh, as much of a basketball guy I am, I don't – I mean, March Madness is fun, but I think bowl season is even more fun. Even with this year only playing conference games, we're finally going to see some non-conference action. I think that's even more exciting than the past, even though we don't have as many bowl games this year and kind of some odd teams that made it in that really wouldn't on a regular basis based on their record. I think it's going to come down to a lot of motivational factors this year for bowl season. You're going to have those teams who might not be as talented, but they're going to be more motivated than those talented teams who really don't think they – they don't think they should be there or don't want to be there or they feel disrespected being paired up against this lesser team. So I look for that aspect to really play a part, and especially in a pandemic year with not a lot of fans there. You get those, those blue bloods, those guys who are entitled, uh, no motivation behind it, no fans. So perhaps look for a lot of upsets. But, yeah, I'm, I mean, I love bowl season. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, going off what Schaefer said, I have a couple, like, rules of thumb that I go by when I'm looking at bowl games. So – Number one, look for motivation. Why does a team there? Why do they want to be there? Do they have a real reason to want to win this game? Pay attention to opt-outs. You're going to get a ton this year um, of kids who are like, oh, I'm ready for the NFL draft. You've already seen a couple of Drizzle Lane. You had North Texas have a couple of guys that said um, that they weren't going to play in that bowl game last night. Then you got um, teams in bigger situations like your Power Fives who aren't in a New Year's Six or are in a New Year's Six that don't really care as much because they're not in the playoff. Um, if you like a number early, be cautious. Uh, those numbers will flip. They'll slide with those opt-outs. And then there is always value in an underdog, especially in a year where they don't play a lot of cross-conference um, stuff. Check for your underdogs in those numbers. There's a lot of value in money line underdogs during bowl season. With all that information, we should dive in. Let's go Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. That is the Crampton Bowl, Memphis at FAU. FAU rolls in 5-3, and 3-5 three, three and five against the spread. They are eight and a half point underdogs to Memphis, who's seven and three and three and seven against the spread. The over under is 51. What is the move? I love Memphis in this spot. Um, I don't think FAU is a talented team. They're a game above 500. I don't think they're very solid. I think Memphis has played in a tougher conference. I think they have a better offense, better athletes. This is not Kiffin's FAU team that could run up and down the field and score with anybody. This is a different one. Um, even with a line at eight, I know I just said there's a lot of value in an underdog, but I don't think this game will be close. I think eight is – eight's weird because it's around seven, but then again, I think there's a lot of value in Memphis and a team that's played um, a very tough schedule. I mean, the American is good. I think you guys would definitely agree on that one. Um, but they play great offense. The defense isn't um, Cincinnati, but it is solid enough to handle a team like FAU in my eyes. So – I like the eight. I like Memphis, and um, I already got that one in and ready to rock for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't really need to look into this one too much. Uh, 
Memphis is it like we talked about? They're in the best, I believe, non-group of five conference in the country in the American. Florida Atlantic's very, very bad. They're without both of their running backs who have been injured uh, last on the 19th. So very recently, their quarterbacks out for season. Flat out, With Memphis is just Southern Miss and Georgia that? Southern. So they lost to Southern Miss and Georgia Southern, two not close games yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. Florida Atlantic, it, I mean, there's, there's not much we need to say here. Florida Atlantic's not a good team. Nine and eight are both weird points, but easy money. Bed Memphis, they should cover. Yeah, I like, I like this in a blowout, I think. I mean, we've already seen a couple of blowouts, right, early in bowl season. I think you're going to yeah. see a shootout tonight, but I think this will be one-sided shootout. Um, FAU plays pretty good defense, which is not an FAU quality, but they – they can't keep up with this team on the other side of the ball. I have already laid Memphis here at eight. I also think the over might not be a bad play because if you look at Memphis's past scheduled games, they put up a decent amount of points. They put up 50 on UCF, which isn't saying much, but there's a lot of games where they lost and they still put up 34. The total in this game is only 51. So you're asking for a couple of touchdowns, maybe here and there in a blowout win to hit that over. So that might not be a bad play as well. I mean, uh, yeah, and I think FAU is capable of putting up a couple points. I think they can give 20. I think they can grab 20 points, but I think they're going to give up 40. So I like the over as well. I think that's a good slide right there, especially in bowl season. You don't see a lot of teams um, play defensive football and to ground and pound um, teams. But I definitely think that an over in Memphis is a good spot to start this week. Okay, let's go to Friday. Let's go Marshall at Buffalo. Uh, this it's a two thirty Eastern game, early game. Marshall seven and two, five and four, coming off a conference championship loss. Buffalo five and one, also same spot, coming off a conference championship loss. Four and two against the spread. Marshall is three and a half point dogs in this one, and the over under is fifty three and a half. This is a fun Christmas Day game. I think it would have been a lot more fun if this were played like a month ago. Uh, a lot of people were very high on Marshall, talking about possibly the best non-group of or power five team in the country. And their last two games have shown completely otherwise. Their offense is abysmal. Their passing game has been abysmal. And frankly, they just struggle to put up points. You know, we thought, you know, UAB is a good team. They have a solid defense, but I mean, really what's rice and they killed them. They shut them out. Buffalo has the best player on the field. Everybody knows about Jarrett Patterson. Um, I haven't checked the injury report. I hope it will be playing. He was that playing. he is playing. Okay, I saw that where they rolled over that. That's bullshit, by the way. That little gator roll should be illegal. It's beside the point. I hope his ankle's all right. He is the best player on the field. There is no problem. I think that Buffalo should be able to put up points against Marshall. Um, and Marshall's offense just really hasn't shown me that they can really compete with Buffalo to hopefully, which I think I'm going to take Buffalo, hopefully winning by a touchdown. Yeah, I look at this game and – I, I just can't put myself in a situation to lay points with Mem- or Marshall again. Um, I know Buffalo didn't show up in the second half. I know they give up a lot of points. But, man, so does Bryce. So yeah. do other defenses that Marshall hasn't shown up against. So I, I got to lay with the best player on the field. Three and a half, another weird number. Um, like, that's not a number you want to see. But I think they can win this game by 10. Um, an under might be in a spot here too as well, just with the fact that Marshall plays such good defense and you have a Marshall offense that has been illiterate. Like they can't move the ball at all. Um, Wells was what? Oh, of 10 before his first completion halfway through the third yeah. quarter. I mean, 
the kid, I, I think he's won that every, race game. Yeah, and I think he has lost every confident bone in his body. I, I don't think they're going to get him back um, in his headspace before this game kicks. And it doesn't matter whether he puts it up um, a night that's 20 for 27. I don't think it's going to be a productive 20 of 27, especially um, after two consecutive bad football games bad at him. So, yeah, I think you got to lay Buffalo here. I think they're the better team offensively. Um, obviously, Vegas knows something, and Marshall only being a two-loss team to be a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They they were showing you right there that Buffalo is the better football team. Uh, we agree. I think you have to lay Buffalo uh, three-and-a-half, and I think it just jumped live up to four-and-a-half. So uh, that's a good yeah. sign. No, I mean, no surprise there. And if you're going to lay three-and-a-half, you better lay four-and-a-half because – I, I think that those numbers are similar in a way that that field goal ain't going to matter anyway. You're going to need a touchdown at three and a half or four and a half. So, um, and if a game comes down to like a 27, 31 football game and you got four and a half, like that's tough, but I just don't see Marshall putting up 27 points with an offense that's doing what they're doing. And again, Buffalo, not that solid of a defensive football team by any stretch, but Marshall is. And I, I mean, an under is not a bad spot for this either. Okay, let's go to the Lending Tree Bowl, and that's Western Kentucky and Georgia State. Western Kentucky is five and six and four and seven against the spread. Georgia State is five and four overall and six and three against the spread. Georgia State rolls in three and a half point favorites, and the total is 51. What are we doing with these two average, the definition of average? Aver- average at best. I would say below average. <laughs> yeah football teams um (laughs) georgia state i can't lay points with because i know how bad that defense is and i've read things people saying well you can't judge them on this blah 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 they've done it all year right and even against teams that aren't as great on in the sun belt getting points like in georgia state can score points don't get me wrong western kentucky has value at plus four i like western kentucky plus four i also like the over even with a sputtering western kentucky offense They'll be lucky to have um, – or Georgia State will be lucky to keep this game um, with themselves in the lead the whole time. If they're going to win this game, it's going to have to be late, and that's why I like the four. Um, I don't think they're going to blow them out. I think um, Cornelius Brown, the quarterback at Georgia State, solid. I don't think he's solid enough to win this game by himself. So I'd take the four with Western Kentucky, sprinkle a little money line on top. There's the value I was talking about earlier. I'm going to be honest. Western Kentucky might be the only team or one of the only teams this year that I have not watched a single play. I mean, their, their scores in the past are just brutal. They lose bad to good teams that they've played. They've really closely beaten some pretty bad teams. I don't know. I just – I know of Georgia State. I've watched them a couple of times this year. I love my boy Cornelius Brown. He's a very average quarterback, but I love the way he plays. Just knowing based off of what I see for Western Kentucky scores and who they've played and what I've seen with my eyes with Georgia State, I don't know if I will play it, but I'm going to take Georgia State here. Um, it's close enough to just win by a touchdown with a pretty decent quarterback against – I mean, these are two below-average teams. So, but that's would, you, just would you reconsider if I told you Georgia State hasn't played in the months of December? Uh, no, because – And, 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 let me add this. The Hilltoppers are 5-1-1 one, and one against the spread in their last seven games in December. That's a solid point. I was going to bring that up. Uh, where, where, is this, where is this at? Is this in a warmer state, this, this bowl game? Uh, this no, it's, is it's, uh, in Phoenix Stadium. Lad Pe- Peebles Stadium. And it what? is supposed to be 31 degrees and partly sunny. 
All right, then, then maybe weather might have a factor for the Georgia State boys, but I don't know. I, I, I don't play. I, I will never play. forget how bad Georgia State's pass defense is and how bad it's Yeah, their defense is bad. Year. Their defense is very bad. So I also like Western Kentucky outright to win. And while you're there, lay the plus four. Uh, the Hilltoppers are hot in December. However, this betting trend that I'm reading is the Hilltoppers are 1-7-1 and one against the spread in their last nine games on field turf. That might be a stretch. <laughs> a, not fast on turf. <laughs> not fast on turf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever read that, but that's crazy. Over 51. Interesting. Hey, just, just an update. Uh, Tulane gets a stop at the one-yard line against Nevada. Just big, big play for the boys big that are play playing. for the green wave. Uh, yeah, we'll be tweeting our picks probably day by day for games great, that we yeah. do not talk about. Uh, obviously, today's one of those days. You'll probably see a pick later on in the day. Uh, today's Tuesday uh, for the BYU-UCF game. Obviously, we touch on it, but we do not think the podcast will be out by then. So you can't use our pick, so let's tweet it so you can use it. But let's go to another Saturday game. Let's go to the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl, and that is Liberty at Coastal Carolina, a game we were super excited for. This is Saturday at 7.30 Eastern. This is going to be a great game. These are two very good teams. Coastal, 11-0, 8-2-1 against the spread. Obviously, a canceled game last week with Louisiana Lafayette. Liberty's 9-1 and 8-2 against the spread. Coastal is a seven-point favorite, and the total is 60. What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, I look at this game, and this is obviously one that was scheduled – and um, BYU took the slot of Liberty and went to Coastal on short notice. We know how that ended up, two yards short of a victory. Um, I think we talked about this game quite a bit, and I believe the line was at seven then as yes. well, correct? It, it was the same. Yeah. So I liked Liberty then. I don't know if I like them as much now, just with the fact that they haven't played a game since. Um, Coastal has shown up and done their thing again. Um, I kind of I, I look at this game at over 59 and a half, and I understand why it's there. Um, they're looking at the defense that Liberty um, has put up in the numbers, but their wins don't tell me that those numbers should hold much value. Um, Coastal has a solid defense. I think everybody in the country has seen that. Um, but Liberty's got a guy under center, Shafe. Remember Malik we were talking about him earlier? Willis, Kid sorry, is an animal. Animal. And I, yeah, and I don't like spread in this game. I like the over. Um, I think – Coastal will have their fair share of points as they always seem to. I think Liberty will get their points as well. 59 and a half is a little higher than maybe you would think for this, but I think that's, I mean, I like it. I believe in it. So See, I'd lean over here. I might tailor, I might fade you a little bit, JP. I kind of like the under, um, but really when we did this back in a month ago or whenever that game was supposed to happen, I liked Liberty. I'm going to stick with Liberty. I think that, this could be a better game than BYU and Coastal, honestly. Uh, both teams are going to be prepared. They have the scouting reports. Both of them know that this game is going to happen. As far as I'm concerned, I haven't heard any corona rumors for this game. Coastal does have the advantage. They have zero injuries to the be reported, whereas uh, Liberty's got a few guys uh, that came out even on Sunday that are undisclosed injuries or just opting out. I'm a big fan of Willis. He's top 20 in the country in both passing and rushing touchdowns. He's com their complete offense. Their rushing attack is very good at eighth in the country at 252 yards per game. I don't think they're going to win, but I think they're going to keep this close. This is going to be, I think, the best game of the week. I look to see Liberty losing by 
four. So so give me give me Liberty plus seven. Hey, right humor now. me here. Um, I'm I'm obviously open to both sides on the over under. I'm just laying it over right now. I mean, Liberty's shown up in games. I mean, they only gave up 15 to NC State, um, and they've had a couple shutouts on the year too. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but if you're Coastal, are you playing a C.J. Maribel heavy offense, like just trying to keep the ball out of his hands, or do you just change or keep doing what you're doing? And- I think so. I think this is going to be a ground-and-pound game. They held BYU to 17 points, and we thought BYU's offense was really good. I think both of them have very steady defenses with great rushing attacks. So I really love the under in this game. But To that point, Shafe, the under is 4-0 in the Liberty's last four games versus the Sun Belt. Perfect. Ooh. Also, on the other side of things, the shots are 5-0 and against the spread versus a team with a winning record this year. Therefore, I'm laying the seven. I love Coastal. Obviously, you heard my apology a couple of weeks ago when I bet on them against BYU. I, I bet on BYU against them, I should say. I'm laying Coastal here. I'm following my boys. They should be in a New Year's Six Bowl. Rules change when shit changes. Games canceled everywhere. Also, on a point that I just thought about that we need to talk about, South Carolina, UAB canceled maybe five minutes ago. Did you guys see that UAB was a favorite? Yeah. Yes, Find me another time where an opponent, a non-Power 5 opponent, was the favorite against the SEC. South Carolina's 2-8. and eight. I don't even know how they were in a bowl game in the first place. Everybody's just, qualified. Yeah. Everybody's qualified, yeah. Yeah, I, I got that, but that just didn't make sense. I don't know. Nevada touchdown. Oh. Kick, two plays later, put them on the board, boys. Awesome. Nevada yeah, I think going like, on live as we record. We don't uh, like but I know I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, we wanted this two weeks ago. What was it three weeks ago now? Three weeks ago, this oh, was it, a great game. Early December. Possibly yeah. gave Coastal another leg in their argument to be in the New Year's Six Bowls. Or the, eh, they'll never be in the playoff. It's just, just the way that life works. Uh, the committee. Let's talk about the committee. We got no other games to talk about. We wrapped up what we wanted to. So let's talk about the college football playoff, who got in, and what we think. To what I think the committee did um, this year, besides punishing some of the non-Power 5 schools, I think they punished every Big Ten school but felt good about themselves by putting Ohio State in the playoff. I mean, I know JP is a Big Ten guy. He's really upset about Indiana not getting in. Um, I mean, I don't know how he feels about the Iowa-Missouri thing. I think Iowa's going to kill him. We can save that discussion for next week. But I really feel like the committee punished everybody but Ohio State And as far as the Big Ten is concerned. And you can be upset about, you know, teams like Indiana not getting a New Year's Six Bowl. But the fact of the matter is, is I mean, it's more of – it's not the teams to blame. It's their commissioner. It's them starting late. Um, I don't know. I feel like when you start late and then you cancel so many of the games that they did, it just puts them in a tough spot to try to put them in a good bowl game when really the only reason the Big Ten even started was to get Ohio State in, and that's exactly what the committee did. So, I mean, that's a money move out of the committee with putting Ohio State in. I don't think they were too worried about um, making people mad. And in the past, they don't really care either. I don't think A&M had a real argument to be in that. I get that they started. I get that they only have one loss in SEC play. But I don't buy a lot of stock in a lot of SEC teams. I mean, I'm looking at a pre-JT Daniels, Georgia, not impressed. I don't think they deserve a New Year's Six spot. I get that they're filling in for um, maybe other teams that are in different slots, but I don't think they're worthy of a slot. Um, 
And I, I look at Indiana, who's had a dream season. I mean, they've played great football all the way through. You can talk about how they were down 28 or whatever to Ohio State, but they lost that game by seven. They were in it with a chance to win. So, I mean, I, I'd like Indiana. No I would feel better about putting Indiana in if they had Penix. That's, that's another thing. Yeah, but they won. I mean, they won their game without him, and they did just fine, and they played great defense. That's kind of like – and you put – like, I'm not going to throw shade here, but, like, you put a three-loss Iowa State team in a New Year's Six, but you take out the one-loss Indiana team. I would say before anybody would talk shit about Iowa State, we should talk no, about I'm, other I'm teams. Saying, no, I'm just saying we should yeah, talk. I wasn't talking about, shit. I didn't take that as talking shit. No, 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 no. I'm just – no, that's not – I'm not even saying – we should talk shit about Oregon, if anything. No. That's the Pac-12 bullshit. I've never bought stock in the Pac-12 since USC in 07. I mean, I, I don't think Oregon's that great of a football team. I think the four-and-a-half line is a representation of everybody thinking that Oregon being USC is, like, the true Oregon. Um, can uh, Off the top of your head, you tell me who Oregon's starting quarterback is without, you know, like, doing the podcast and stuff, all these listeners? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like Purdy's best friend. I don't know. They're, they're, yeah, they they're boys. And so – there you go. It's what it says on the back of his jersey, I think, is Brock Purdy's best friend. <laughs> I don't know his name. You can't buy stock in a Pac-12 team like Oregon. I get that they're in with a tie-in and blah, 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 and they're the best Pac-12 team, whatever. If the year is truly different in the fact that you can bend rules to put Ohio State in, then you can simply take out the Pac-12 and that dumb tie-in that they have, get rid of Oregon. You have plenty of other teams that are more deserving. Um, Georgia, I'm not impressed with. JT Daniels, at um, under center may make a difference. The kid's got an arm. Kid's proven that he's solid. They've played better football with him. But again, man, you got a one-loss team in the Big Ten that should have been in that Big Ten title game that you give no love to and you just throw them to the side. I mean, you were loving up on them all year just to be like, you know what, New Year's Six, let's give it to the other guys. No, that's not – like you got to have one thing set in stone and it's got to be your, and your Big Ten tie-in in the New Year's Six – Where'd that tie-in go? Does Oregon get that tie-in, but Indiana doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. If we're talking about changing rules, we have to address the absolute elephant in the room, and that is the undefeated Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Uh, you have to put them in. You cannot take a three-loss non-conference champion Iowa State team and put them in. If we're going to change rules and let people in, then let's let the teams who have never lost a single game in. Their game got canceled out of their control. It's something that they have to deal with. They're still 11-0. They still deserve the shot. It's the same thing UCF got in a few years ago, being the top-ranked group of five team. They proved that they're worthy. They win that game against the third or second-best SEC team in Auburn that year. You have to put these teams in and give them a chance. You have to award perfection, and we have to make conference championships matter. If you lose your conference championship, you get the shaft. I'm sorry. You don't get the first bid in because there's another conference champion out there who may be in a group of five conference who had a little bit easier of a schedule, but they still never lost. They did everything you want. They have two ranked wins. I just don't see how you can just bomb a team like that and not give them a chance to prove themselves on one of your power five teams. I think a big deal this year is the money, right? Like you oh, it's don't. Huge. It's huge. That's, all, that's all it came down to is the NCAA. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think North Carolina deserves to be in the New Year's Six either. I mean, why are they there? I know. You lose to Florida State, you're out. You don't get a New Year's Six. They're they're filling two slots for the ACC. It's got two in the um, title game. Okay, back to Indiana. Where's their tie-in? Big Ten has a tie-in every year in the New Year's Six. They don't even end up with one. Um, But, I mean, 
Does Coastal deserve it? Yes. Do I think they should have been in a New Year's Six this year? Um, probably not. I just don't think that when you look at – you're looking for money, right? You're looking for um, teams that are going to sell tickets. They're going to travel well. They're going to do all this stuff. They're going to promote TV. Um, Cincinnati was the best group of five team according to the rankings. They never played Coastal. Coastal didn't play Cincinnati. I mean, you can look at it both ways. Um, but that's how it's been in the past is one group of five team gets their New Year's six bid and they just happen to have Cincinnati there because they're the ones who were ranked the highest. I'm not saying they're better than Coastal because honestly, I don't know. And I think they're a more complete team, but I don't know if they're seven, eight points better. Um, I just think this year at the New Year's six, you had to take your money. I don't agree with it all the way. There are parts I agree with. I don't think um, North Carolina is what they're, I don't, whatever the committee thinks they are. I don't even know what they think they are. Like, I don't think they're that great. Three losses in a New Year's six game is just tells you 2020 in a nutshell. It's, it's been baloney. It's been whatever. It's been trash. I have been very um, vocal about how the fact that I just don't feel like, you know, some of these rankings that came out were, you know, indicative of what teams have done all year. So that's my two cents. I think we could do this forever. I'm just, I'm, I'm upset with certain pieces of it. And now, like, obviously you brought up the Iowa and Missouri game, correct, Chafin? Um, I think the Hawks were ready for a, a not a bigger test because I'm not going to down Missouri. They've shown promise. But I, I think they're, we're ready for a game against um, Indiana and in that um, cross-divisional 1v1, 2v2 week in the Big Ten. They gave them Michigan. Don't get to play Michigan because Michigan's got COVID problems. Okay, so why couldn't Indiana play Iowa that week when Indiana's game got canceled with Purdue, right? Like you had this whole thing set up just to be like, you know what, maybe not. So I think, I mean, the Hawks aren't upset with what they got. I mean, they'll take whatever Kirk Francis and a guy that's going to complain out loud. Um, but I don't want to play Missouri. I mean, give me – I get that Northwestern's above us. They beat us, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, give us somebody better than that. We wanted a game that we could really show that how much better we've gotten for sure. And this team has been a surprise for the fact that how they've scored points. And you don't usually see an Iowa team that runs the ball 75% of the time putting up 30 points a game. So um, I think that's a big deal. Before, the, before we end, I just want to touch on really fast, really, really fast. Should Notre Dame be out? Of the playoff? Yes. I mean, I mentioned it last week. I think they should. I, who are you going to put in? I, I don't. I, Somebody I, else. I would keep Because it. Notre Dame's strength of schedule is not much better than a lot of these teams. Well, I don't think anybody's strength of schedule is that great. Look at it. I mean, everybody that's good is good. Everybody's bad is bad. There's not a lot of middle ground right here where you're like, wow, this – I mean, they got them. They got them. This is a pretty good team. Everybody, the only like, other ranked opponent Notre Dame has played outside of Clemson in that overtime win was North Carolina. I mean, that's what I'm saying is like this year just this has not been as there that have been two ranked teams. I mean, they haven't been deep throughout. Look at the SEC. I mean, Alabama, a Florida team that lost to LSU. LSU is not very good. Arkansas is not very good. Both the Mississippi schools are bad. Um, Tennessee's bad. I mean, a lot of SEC schools aren't solid, and you saw the same in the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. So. Okay, we touched on a lot of things. We're going to dive into college basketball next week, thinking about moving to two episodes. But once again, we appreciate you joining us. It's the It's Just Money podcast presented by Vigit. We love the Vigit app. You guys love the Vigit app? Oh, I can't yeah. tell you anything I love more than the Vigit app. 
<laughs> I, I love the Vigit app. Shafe, you love the Vigit app? Oh, yeah. I love winning, and I love winning on the Vigit app. Sports betting app for sports fans. Use the Vigit app. Download it today. Use our link. Use the code. It's just money. Get your 1,000 free coins. Let's get rolling on that app. We appreciate those guys. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you next time. Happy on the social. Loyalty over royalty.